life, whether we like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi, everybody. I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Let's do this thing. In this week's episode, meet Amariah Hash. He shares with us his journey of battling alcoholism, addictions, abuse for most of his life. Since the age of 11, he has found himself going from one hard drug to another to another until he found his life spinning totally out of control. Lying in a pool of his own blood, he himself says, I should not be alive today. But he cried out and God heard his cry. This is an episode you do not want to miss. It is powerful, it is moving, it is gripping. We call this episode, God Help Me Believe, Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Hey guys, this is, I'm I'm really super excited for you to meet my friend today. You know, um, (laughs) for those who have been with me, you had a chance to hear his wife share, I don't know, at the beginning of, I think of um, uh, season one or at the end of season one. And I always say, I'm going to go back and I want to get the other side of the story. Well, today I'm actually getting the other side of the story. And uh, today we have Amariah Hash and he goes by Ammo, which I think is the coolest nickname I think I have ever heard. And uh, Ammo, thank you for being with us. Uh, Brother, I heard you share your story about two weeks or so ago and I was floored. So when I heard it, I was like, oh no. My listeners need to hear from Ammo. So I thank you so much for, in advance, for sharing your story. I know it's it's deep, it's intense, and uh, but you shared with conviction. So I'm just going to kind of hand you the floor for anything that you feel comfortable with, you know, and I, I never want to make people feel like they have to share certain things. So this is your story, and it's all about what has God done in your life. It's about being on the lookout for God's hand, for God's imprint in our lives. And after hearing your testimony, I'm going, my goodness, but God has been all over you and obviously still is. So everybody, I'm just going to hand you over to Amariah and Emma, do your thing. Thank you, my brother, again, for sharing your story with us. Basically, first and foremost, what you need to know about me is that I'm a recovering addict and alcoholic. And I, I say recovering, even though I've recovered, it's been you know almost 15 years since I've used um, but we're always in recovery. Yeah. You know, you, you never want to let your guard down with uh, addictions, uh, alcoholism. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, started using when I was 11 years old Ooh. and I used for 22 years, um, to age 33, um, when I got to know God, uh, and basically as a child, I grew up in an abusive home. Um, my parents, um, I would say weren't really in love. They, Ooh. they had a child um and, and got married to try and make it work and then they had another three so i have uh <laughs> three sisters eventually i have four sister by a different a different father right but um basically they weren't t- totally in love and so they tried to figure it out and end of the day there was a lot of uh a lot of violence uh, a lot of abuse um between the two of them 
Mm -hmm. uh, there was drug use. There was alcohol use as well. There was unfaithfulness um, between the two of them. And it made for a very tumultuous home. So there was always anger and, and you didn't know what was happening. Honestly, for most of my memories before the age of nine aren't there. Um, really? I, I was just praying about it today. I feel like um, there was an overarching feeling and sense of mm -hmm. there were really, really good highs things we did that were fun. And then mm -hmm. there were really, really dark lows. And, but it was a, uh, it was a culture. It was a house of fear. Like you were wow. always in fear of something happening, your mom getting hurt, your dad. I'll tell you, um, it, there's certain things that I do remember. Like one day my dad pulled my mom out of a car um, mm -hmm. through, through the window and oh. she was like cut a lot, completely wow. bloody. And so there were things like that that happened that are traumatic. Um, and so I, I uh, was also abused by mm -hmm. my, my parents in ways, sometimes physically, sometimes verbally, emotionally, um, and, and that affected me. And then at the same time, at age 11, when I first started using, um, I was sexually abused by a cousin. You know, it's so weird that you grew up in all of this mess, but yet there was still some sense that God was there. You knew when things got crazy to call out for God. And that tells me that there is God in all of us. Whether we choose to acknowledge that or not is up to us. Whether we choose to bow down to that or not is up to us. But God has placed himself in each and every one of us. I believe that to be true. And, um, you know, I, I had a lot of questions. I, I grew up, we grew up in the church. There was a, a church that we were part of. Right. So I always kind of had an idea uh, or belief in God. Um, when I was a kid, I think like nine, I remember God giving me a dream that I would have a family and a white picket fence and the, the pool, um, still working on the pool, but, um, but then everything kind of fell apart with my family and, and, um, this abuse came my way and I didn't know how to deal with it. And so I, I turned yeah. to drugs and alcohol and that, that became the way that I dealt with these things. Cause I didn't know how my mom and dad split. My dad was gone. It was me, my mom and my three sisters. Right. There was no accountability. I could go do whatever I wanted. And so I would go out and, and break into cars and steal stuff and mm. go find alcohol. And so that began my, my use. Um, it got pretty heavy. By the time I was in high school, I was using cocaine and LSD and um, eventually methamphetamines towards mm -hmm. the end of my high school. Mm -hmm. So after that, you know, I, I went to work in the stock exchange as a broker. I was very successful there. I was young, but I was really, really smart and quick. Um, but it was also a place where there was lots of drugs and lots of alcohol. It was wow. a culture there. So the exchange floor would close at 1.30 and we'd be in the bar at 1.45. And, uh, you know, weekends, we could go anywhere and do anything. Because right. the people I worked with had millions of dollars, literally. Right. And right. I, I didn't, but I was <laughs> the guy that gave them the money through trading and this is before there were computers, you know, it was papers flying everywhere, screaming and yelling, buying and selling is what we said. <laughs> like literally, the, yeah, exactly. Like uh, trading, trading places. If you see the end, uh, the end scene where they're in the orange futures pit screaming, right. like that's literally what it was. It was an open outcry market. There were no smartphones. There were no laptop computers. It was old school um, as far as it goes. So, but there was a culture of drugs and alcohol and it was, yeah. I was very successful, but I walked away from a hundred thousand dollar a year job, um, 20 some odd years ago. Um, and at the time it was a lot of money because I was high mm -hmm. and, and then, you know, I continued my addiction, uh, through the entertainment industry and 
the restaurant industry. And right. The last eight years, I smoked meth, and uh, and I I I feel like I, I want to say I've died. I died many times, you know. Wow. Um, there was just a lot of stuff that happened to me. I woke up in my car one time, dry, literally driving. I came to right. Stopped and got out and checked the grill to make sure I hadn't hit anything or anybody, and then kept driving. I woke up in places completely passed out in my car on the side of the freeway in a parking garage. Um, there were times that uh, I woke up and uh, my shoes had been taken and mm. I was bloodied and, and all my money and, and my wallet had been taken. Um, I just, I, I, I was in a lot of situations where, you know, I could have not survived, like easily right. died. And so <clears throat> despite all that, um, I kind of got through. Um, I had DUIs, drunk in public, been in jail many times. Mm. Uh, I had a domestic violence charge. I, I just could never, uh, could never get past uh, my addictions. Right. And so one fateful day, um, February 14th, Valentine's Day, 2007, uh, I was in a parking garage. Um, I was blacked out drunk and high, mm-hmm. and I ran into four parked cars. Um, I came to after I ran into those four parked cars, and I realized this is it security guard stops me standing in front of the car. He asks me to get out. And before I get out, I just talk to God. And I, I didn't say it audibly. Right. I didn't hear my voice out loud, but I said in my head and directly to God, God, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to come find you. I'm going to get sober. And, and, and that's what I'm going to do. And so I, I stepped out of the car and put my hands on my head and got cuffed and taken downtown. As I was getting put in the police car, right. I was right next to my job. My boss sees me getting put in the police car and he's like, Hey, MRI, are you okay? And I'm like, not really. I'm not going to be at work today. You know? <laughs> like, okay. So it, it was just an interesting time. I'd been kicked out of my place by the sheriffs because my roommate didn't pay the rent though. She collected it from us. Right. Um, all my stuff was in storage. I, I lost my job um, because I was using on the job mm-hmm. and I went downtown to the station. This this police officer held me. I was on probation with an alcohol stipulation. Should be a year in prison and jail, you know, at least. But right. he came 45 minutes later and said, you know, I'm going to let you go without alcohol on your charge. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you a misdemeanor hit and run. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to drop you off downtown San Francisco. He said, there are things that you need to do right now. And you're going to go do them. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, uh, okay. And so... I think that was a that was a, a reckoning for me right. downtown. Am I going to choose God or not? You know, that is amazing because it really does come down to a reckoning, right? I think a lot of us reach that point, but the the difference is you made good on yours. Sometimes we can reach that point, and we can say all those things when when you know when we're being handcuffed and we're facing a year in prison, and then it's a different story when the handcuffs come off and someone says, well, you know what? I'm gonna let you go without a DUI. So yours came true. Oh, it could have just gone right back into the world and, and gone and gotten a drink. Right. But instead I was like one of those crazy people downtown San Francisco screaming at the air. Um, and literally I was saying, God, what do I do? Where do I go? Right. I don't know what to do. And uh, yeah, I ended up on my sister's couch. She sent me to my brother-in-law's couch in a town I'd never lived in, in the Bay area. So I mm-hmm. didn't know where to go get anything. I ended up in God's church. I ended up in the kingdom of heaven on earth in, Amen. in uh, Dublin, California and uh, studied the Bible and went through a chemical recovery group, a spiritual mm-hmm. chemical recovery group. 
got baptized and yeah that was the last day that i used that um, is amazing years coming up wow rescued by god absolutely <laughs> no doubt absolutely. bro i look at this I, I i talk often about being on the lookout for the hand of god and the imprint of god following you in your life protecting you from you is just mind-boggling so let's fast forward a little bit because uh i mean obviously your life has just been so traumatic but yet here you sit today so what is God doing? How do you see what's happening in your life today? Whatever you, uh, you are going through, um, it, it's God, God is going to use you. And so I was just asking God, like, please use me, God, like, and help it to not be about me. Right. You know, I, I don't need the attention or want it anymore. I used to, yeah. you know, I used to yeah. live on attention. Um, but now I just want God to be glorified. I just want people to be reached in my story. And that's the thing is I don't regret anything in my life, not the abuse I incurred as a child, not the mm -hmm. years that I was lost in the world, um, uh, because it, it's, it's what makes me who I am. Right. And that is God reaching out to people. That is so amazing. I, I am just blown away. Now that is so beautiful, my brother, <laughs> blown away. I heard your story, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, and uh -huh. I've heard bits and pieces through your wife, but to hear you share your story, nobody can share our stories like we share our stories, yeah. you know, and um, it's all about how we see God show up in our lives, because someone else can see God in your life, and they can try to convince you, but once you see God working in your life, that's when your life actually changes. So I, I'm just so, I'm proud of you. I'm so proud. I'm so proud to know your family. <laughs> someone, yeah, asked, well. someone asked me yesterday if, if your girls were, if, if I was the grandmother. And I said, yes, I am. <laughs> you are. You are. I, I don't know about grandmother, but you could be an auntie. I think that'd be fine. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that that's one thing that, that is to see God in your life. I think what's more powerful for me is mm -hmm. to see God use my life mm. in somebody else mm -hmm. like to sit down with somebody and help them to understand the bible explain it from my life and, and how it's changed me and what it does daily as i search the scriptures and apply them to my life i grow every day you know maybe it doesn't feel like it every day but right you keep you keep the relationship and the connection with god and you keep you know working on it as far as spending time on the daily and you will you're just going to grow and and become more for him right. right and so i think sitting down with somebody and going through that seeing in their eyes for the first time they're whoa okay this is real like oh okay i've seen this happen in my life i've applied this and and it's true just coming to an understanding of god because i had to go through all that when right. i was studying the bible i was like yeah i was all in but i still didn't understand and and so it was a process where i did a lot of bible study but then I had to go out on my own as well. Right. I remember just just to just to bring it back to when I was studying the Bible, um, I was sitting in a field after work. Um, a restaurant closes, and I was, I was headed home, and I was having a hard time because I was really close. I felt to becoming a Christian, to getting baptized, and mm -hmm. you know. Um, it, but I I just had a hard time believing all the way, and so I sat on this field and I I asked God, help me believe, help me believe. And I literally must have said it hundreds of times. Right. I don't know, maybe maybe more. But I was like, God, you see that tree over there? Like, strike it with lightning. Just one time. No. <laughs> if you strike that tree with lightning, I'll know you're real 100%. Because I'm, I'm like 90, right. 
and I'll go all in. And he didn't strike the tree, um, which, you know, was a little disappointing. It would have been easier. But honestly, I sat out there for a few hours and literally I didn't say much more than God help me believe, help right. me to believe, God help me to know and, and believe that you are the truth. God help me to believe, give me faith. And you know what? Something changed after that night. That next morning I woke up and I had a conviction and a belief in God that was past where I was. And it wow. was shortly after then that I, you know, said my good confession and, and got baptized. And yeah. I tell you, two hours of just asking God for faith. I think it's something we could do right now. I think right. you could go sit somewhere and say a hundred, uh, 200 times, God, help me to believe, help me to believe, whatever right. it is. Right. And God will do it. That's, that's what, kind of what he does. Yeah. Well, that's what he wants. He wants us to believe, you know, so there's, it, it would make no sense for God to withhold that from us. But I yeah. think, like you said, in the, in the very beginning, you talked about, it's just about really seeking him out, mm -hmm. you know, not just uh, with our mouths, but with everything, with our hearts, with everything to really seek out God. If we seek him, we, he will be found by us. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Wow. I agree. Well, Amariah. Oh, my, my goodness. I, I cannot thank you enough. And, and I know, I think I say this every week that you would be surprised who's listening on the other end and who needs to hear your story. It's a lifeline for them. And uh, God is using you, my brother. I know when we're going through hard times, when life is flipped upside down for us, it never makes sense. <laughs> It never, ever makes sense because we're looking at it from a human uh, lens. But God is saying, if you just stay with me, please, I have purpose in your life. I have purpose even in your struggle. And that's what I'm hearing more than anything today is that oof, all those years of struggle, God had a purpose in it. And it was to bring about this incredible man that we're listening to today, but also a lifeline to someone that you may never meet. You know, there's someone out there that you may never know their names, you may never know their faces, but you became a lifeline for them today. So I, I thank you for being so open and willing. I know a lot of times it's hard to, to share our junk, but I, I love the fact that it doesn't define you. You can tell in the way in which you share it. It's like, hey, this is my story and I'm owning it and to God be the glory. I, I appreciate um, the opportunity to be here. And like I said, you know, I've never done a podcast before. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's 2021. 21. Yep. <laughs> I don't All, even know. Almost it's 22. So, it's moving so quick. But um, yeah, I think that if this reaches people, if anybody hears anything that I have to say or you have to say, and it brings them closer to God or, or more interested in God, then that, I think that's awesome. So I, I really appreciate bringing me here and uh, let me share a little bit of my story. Well, I appreciate you opening up your life. And it, believe me, there's someone on the other end who's barely holding on right now, who's caught up in various addictions or whatever, you know, and they heard your story and they're going to go back and go, I need to hear from that guy, Amariah because he understands where I am right now. You know, a lot of times it's just about finding someone else who understands our plight and that's yeah, enough no, to keep us going. That's true. You know, and, and with everything I've been through, there are things that sometimes I'm afraid to share with, with other Christians because mm -hmm. I've been through such, such dark, I've been in such dark places. I mean, that, yeah, if anybody <laughs> wants to talk about anything, I'm, I'm generally a guy 
that can handle it and, and probably has been there or somewhere similar. I do believe that everybody's own trauma, whatever it happens to be, is, is just as significant as mine. Some people will say, oh, you're awesome. You've been through so much. And yeah, I'm awesome. But um, being through so much is, is what we all go through. And, and right. I think that God uses that to bring us to him because we'll never be able to live a life um, of purpose or our true hidden life without God. And so right. how exciting is that, you know, despite all, all that darkness. So yeah, if anybody wants to, to reach out, you need a conversation. Um, let me know. You're the man. You're the man. You're the man. I tell you I'm what, a man. You're a man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. All right, my brother, this is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah, my pleasure. You're welcome to have me back uh, anytime. This was fun. You got it. All right. Take care of yourself. I will talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Thanks, Emma. Bye. All right. That is going to wrap it up for this week, guys. I hope you have been enlightened and encouraged. Please join me next week for a whole new testimony. And before we say goodbye, I want to say thank you to my music man, Mr. David Burnett Graham. Check out my new book, Rebound, Staging a Spiritual Comeback. You can find that on Amazon. And please leave me any comments on my website, enoughasyouare.com. Follow me on Instagram, everybody. Until next week. Be on the lookout for the hand of God. <laughs>